Hello everyone, Slewdog here, an old guy who knows shit. Continuing with season two, an old guy who knows shit explains it all for you. Today we take a deep dive into our new Supreme Court, which I'm calling Episode 6, In Bed with the Devil. Copyright 2022 by L.R. Holtz. I want to ask you one question today. Do you believe the government exists to serve the people, or do you believe the people exist to serve the government? We used to think of ourselves as the former, didn't we? Government serves the people. The language of the Constitution seems to suggest this, we the people and all. Modern China, by way of comparison, has always been the latter. People are there to serve the government. But now, all of a sudden, the government has more agency over women's lives than women do. So who's serving who here? There once was a magic kingdom that was imagined in the USA in the 1960s, where we believed in and respected each other's freedom. We were, in fact, proud of it and protective of it, respected each other's right to privacy, knew that life and death decisions are part of life for everyone, trusted that each person would work together with their loved ones and their professionals to make the best possible choices for all persons involved, whatever the crisis, and people agonized together as they worked through their personal challenges. But we respected that, and we had compassion for them, and tried to improve education and health care so that other people's struggles might be less traumatic. Sadly, this imagined USA that might have been has been hijacked by the Making Money Justifies Enslavement team, and it never happened. In this USA, we were sucked into our shiny toys and media distractions, and we just forgot to respect our own agency over our own lives. We forgot to respect personal liberty. Some of us started thinking, well, my freedom should definitely include telling other folks what to do and how to think because they just so obviously have it totally wrong. And we just let them. But folks, look at Hong Kong. Look at Ukraine. These are people who were free very recently. Free meaning they believed they were working towards agency over their own lives. And in both cases, some power from outside their lives and way beyond their reach came crashing down and ripped their freedom to shreds. And they fight, both of them, against horrendous odds. They fight to the death to keep their freedom. And uh, what are we doing over here? Over here, we're pissing our freedom away. You know, one hand scrolling our phones, the other hand scrolling a TV remote as we sit in front of our giant screens amid cartons of plastic food, letting a bunch of cheating cheaters who want to be boss swindle us all out of our voice and our freedoms and our rights. And now, out of a freaking place to live, on top of it all. Oh, sorry, i got to have myself there for a second. We'll get back to that one. So I've spoken of how the destructors have hijacked most all of the major religions and used them to redirect the powerful constructive energy of their faithful into weapons against other people in utter contradiction of their own founding principles. All of these major religions were founded by folks whose teachings had at their core compassion and love. All of them espoused the same essential tenet to love your neighbor as yourself, the golden rule, and all of which prescribed essentially the same things for their faithful to do to express this love in daily life by performing acts of love and compassion and forgiveness. The, quote, right to an abortion, close quote, is certainly a terrific example of this hijacking of powerful, positive, genuinely constructive energy by destructors and using it to further take down the human race. In the big picture, folks, the abortion debate is meaningless. It has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on whether or not our children's children will have a place to live. 
But the energy of huge numbers of constructors that otherwise might have been actually constructing has been hijacked and utterly wasted for over five decades. More on that later as well. One of the left's big problems has always been messaging and allowing the right to control the narrative. This is a great example. The fact of the matter is that nobody has a right to an abortion. The right that we all shared before Roe was struck down is the right to personal autonomy over our own lives and bodies. That is the right that one has in a free country. If we are free, we have agency over our own lives and bodies. Had the left been able to rephrase the messaging as the right to personal autonomy, everybody's on board with that. My body, my choice was used equally by left-wing pro-choicers as by right-wing anti-vaxxers. The quote, right to an abortion, close quote, describes as a right the ability to kill something, which nobody wants. The quote, right to personal autonomy, close quote, describes as a right agency over your own body. It does not start with the assumption that personal liberty should or even can be taken away. Remember personal liberty? That is an idea our forefathers died for. You know, thanks to DNA, I happen to know with some certainty that I am personally descended from a man who fought in the freaking Revolutionary War. People died so you and I could have personal liberty. Liberty was as valuable as life. More so. So, the right to personal autonomy not only respects individual liberty as much as it respects human life, it respects the fact that everyone has to make life and death decisions in their lives. It's part of life. And these are decisions that we all must make for ourselves. Everybody wants that. Messaging, messaging, messaging. All right, too late for that. Point is, the minute you declare that any one person or group of people do not have personal autonomy over their own bodies, that in fact it is the government that has agency over their bodies, well, then you have lost your personal liberty, haven't you? Well. You don't live in a free country anymore, do you? That, folks, is fascism. We should not be surprised that the religious right doesn't care at all about freedom or rights because nobody has any rights in religion. Religion is utterly autocratic, ostensibly led by God, but always and necessarily interpreted and administered by its leaders, which is where, of course, destructors step in and, shall we say, redirect the constructive energy of its congregants into destruction. The congregants are convinced of the goodness of the effort, and like hoodwinked patriots, they put all of their energy into something that they absolutely believe is constructive, but ultimately it's actually destructive. The effort to overturn Roe is a classic example of this. So religion is not only essentially anti-democratic, it does not believe people have any say whatsoever in what the rules are, because the rules come down from above. There's no such thing as figuring it out for yourself, much less actually choosing for yourself. No, 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 you must follow what God says. Whoa, this is low-hanging fruit to destructors, because it is so easy to claim to be the interpreter of the divine. I didn't say it. God did. So since we are now clearly under a theocratic judgeship, remember seven of nine are Roman Catholic, 
we need to be aware of a couple of significant aspects of religion that seem to universally apply to all religions with consequences that are unfolding before our very eyes in our state. One is utter rejection of personal freedom. Because the divinity knows better in all ways about everything. There can be no respect for personal freedom in religion. In fact, there must be the opposite, the instilling of faith. Faith in religion must be more important than personal freedom because you choose to say, even in my most private of moments, I will do what you tell me. I will not judge for myself what I can or cannot do. In no religion are you encouraged to judge for yourself. There's no place for freedom in religion, period. You do what you are told. The second common factor, which I personally find utterly astonishing in the 21st century, is that women are subject to men. Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Catholicism, all of the major Western and whatever Islam is, religions, all teach that women are subject to men. And in none of those religions anywhere can a woman ever have the same power the men have. In Roman Catholicism, our new theocratic judgeship, it is fundamental that women can never be equal to men. Women can never be priests, period. The College of Cardinals folks will never have a woman in it. Women are foundationally and essentially inferior to men. Telling women they do not have agency over their own bodies is easy for these people because they really believe that women are inferior. God tells them so. It is a matter of their faith. Besides, of course, there is that established historical precedent that goes all the way back to the earliest pages of recorded history. Women's bodies have never been their own. So I have no problem believing that Amy Coney Barrett is an originalist who believes women should just be left out of the whole thing. Just shut the heck up and let the men do it. It should not be surprising then that given the Catholic dominance of our new court, our rights are going to disappear one after the other because nobody has any rights in religion, only the right to do as they're told. We just crossed the line, folks, from government exists for the people to people exist for the government, and we did it because of religion in a country whose first amendment to its constitution supposedly established separation of church and state. Federal and state governments now have a greater right to your body than you do. If you are a woman, you no longer have control over your reproductive rights, quite specifically. They belong to the state. And if the state controls women's bodies, folks, any lawyer will tell you there's the precedent merely awaiting extrapolation to the state controls all of our bodies. If the state controls women's bodies, it controls whoever's body it wants to. So first of all, to get on board with the right to life movement, you had to believe in the government's power to tell you what to do with your body. So in short, to be pro-life, you had to be fascist. And it doesn't matter why that, oh, it's the life of the unborn that you respect more than individual rights. Of course, a helpless pre-infant's life is more important than just any individual rights. Folks, in a democracy, everybody gets consideration. And nobody's life and or rights are more important than anybody else's life and or rights. And telling people what they have to do when they get pregnant is fascism. There it is. 
But let's forget about political arguments for now. I want to take a minute to talk to all you religious folks who jumped on the liar's train just because he promised this one thing. Reports are that y'all are celebrating big time, are you? I don't expect you to care about democratic freedom, but you are supposed to care about compassion, are you not? Are not compassion and empathy and love and charity and forgiveness all supposed to be part of your faith? You, you have chosen to focus all of your compassion and love and empathy on the unborn, seemingly at, at all costs. You believe the innocent unborn has no night to fight for it, so the rules of compassion and empathy and love seem to you to apply to it more than they apply to any of the actual persons whose lives will be forever changed by your victory. You imagine all these abortions turned into blessings, and that will be true sometimes. But history tells us that for every one turned into a blessing, there will be many more turned into curses. A great many fetuses you have such compassion for will die as infants of hunger or illness or just sheer poverty. They will bring agony and suffering into the lives of thousands of families who will now be deprived of impartial health care. How can those people not deserve any compassion? How can compassion be applied solely to almost a person, but not applied at all to all of the complete persons whose lives it will impact? If this drive to make abortions illegal was rooted in any compassion whatsoever, we would see some somewhere, wouldn't we? Where, I ask? Forcing every pregnancy to term alone is not compassionate. In fact, these laws are written to quite specifically eliminate the possibility of even considering compassion for the mothers. Well, what about the infants? Now, I know the answer is your compassion is here, but wait, really? What about after they're born? What about the ones who will live very short lives? What about the ones who are born without love, into nothing but poverty and suffering, which is also going to be inflicted on their families? What about the generationally destitute families who can't afford them and don't want them, but there's no place else for that kid to be? Sooner or later, they're going to end up on the state's doorstep. So, so wait, what kind of compassion is that? And what is the state going to do with all these new babies? Are there any services for them in place? How about plans? Is anybody teaching our pubescent youth about contraceptive education now, you know, so they won't get pregnant in the first place? You and I both know the answer to those questions is no, no, and no, there are not. Nor will there ever be if the Republicans have their way. For all the compassion the self-righteous right-to-lifers are quick to claim for the unborn, it is amazing how fast it disappears the instant that child is actually born. Almost every additional child born into poverty will be 100% on its own with a mother and surrounding family forced to be there. The agony and suffering that will be inflicted across the country on thousands and thousands of people in the name of compassion for the unborn will be immeasurable, geometrically greater than what would have actually been inflicted on those unborn had this victory not occurred. Innumerable streams of destruction emanate from this, quote, victory, close quote. States are already teaming up Democratic versus fascist, further deepening already dangerous divides. The domino effect in women's health care will make medical school and the resulting health care very different depending on whether or not you're in a fascist state. Now there are laws to get everybody who aids and abets even in another state. Law enforcement professionals are figuring out how to spy on women's health care. Others are relishing the opportunity to oppress young, poor, pregnant girls. And statistics tell us they will mostly be girls of color, half again as often as not. 
Just look at the streams of destruction y'all have created in the name of compassion for the unborn. And especially when you consider <laughs> that if all the resources spent on removing our essential right to agency over our own bodies had instead been applied towards a compassionate, directed approach towards abortion that respects the individual liberty some of our forefathers died for, but that would include education and contraception, services for pregnant women like actual health care, and creating realistic and livable alternatives to abortion. You know what? There would be way fewer abortions and no reason to kill each other over it. Nor would there be any need to turn any child, girl, or woman into a criminal over her health care. But that is what one would expect from a compassionate approach that respects human liberty in addition to human life. Sadly, however, this has never been on the table. And if there ever was any doubt that this effort has been led by a greed, cruelty, and ugliness team, how about that Texas law? It's now being held up as a model for other states, huh? Hey, is your neighbor a sinner? You can judge them yourself. You can persecute them yourself. Prove they're sinners, and you can win $10,000. So what do you think, Jesus, old buddy? These are Christian folks acting in your name. Did you tell them this was a Christian thing to do? An incalculable victory for the destructors. But the reason for that, why it is an incalculable victory for the destructors has nothing whatsoever to do with abortion. Yes, there's that losing our personal liberty and coercion and pain and suffering inflicted on all our girls and women and their families and the many streams of destruction emanating out from that. But, as I mentioned earlier, in the big picture of our children's children having a place to live at all, the abortion argument is utterly meaningless. All that pain and suffering, pure bonus destruction. It's a gigantic kerfuffle over nothing. People who are too full of themselves, somehow believing in their own superiority, as if nature cares more about them than it cares about ants or dodo birds. Religion, however, is committed to that superiority, and it jumped on this hubris, and millions of powerfully constructive people were taken out of the real battle for 50 years. And now we see how their energy is being used to oppress other people in utter defiance of their original teaching. But the important thing that happened, oh, dedicated and true defenders of the unborn, that you did not bank on, is what else judges who had had you row would do in addition to that, did you? You blindly climbed into bed with the devil, confident that protecting the unborn justified whatever else they would do. And now what they have done is they have codified into existing law that the rich guy's right to make money is more important than our right to a livable planet. As upset as I was about the abortion ruling, when I heard the EPA ruling, it hit me with a kind of gobsmack my system has previously reserved for nuclear war. Because, folks, if you have followed any of this podcast, you know it is the freedom to make money that has caused and continues to support climate change. And the Supreme court just ruled that the energy producer's right to make money off of Mother Earth is more important than our right to live on Mother Earth.
Well, I said it myself, and recently, now it's official. Making money is the most important thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there not only one story of Jesus ever acting violently, which would be when he threw the money changers out of the temple, wouldn't it? Well, your road judges just handed the temple over to the money changers, who will, if we let them, bring us all down. That's what your Let's Chuck Row judges just did. Let's review for just a second their oh-so-reasonable logic. The framers, who only knew single-shot weapons that took a full minute to reload, originally meant for the right to bear arms to mean that if it's a gun and you can carry it, you get to anywhere, regardless of its killing power. Women, however, lose their personal agency over their own bodies because the framers could not have imagined abortion being the result of letting those pesky women do whatever they want. What the framers meant when they said Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof was that if you are Christian, of course you can pray in public schools. They've clearly had it wrong all this time. Not letting Christians pray would be discrimination against religion. But of course, we all know how this ruling would have come out if the coach was calling his team to bow toward Mecca. But, oh, sorry, you can't look too close. These guys' jurisprudence is definitely special. Oh, and one more thing. The framers were here to make money. And by golly, making money is more important than having a place for our children to live. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, y'all pick some real winners here. Got row. If your judges have their way, your kids are going to lose Earth. Folks, if we cannot turn that around, and very soon, that is the death knell for us all. Do you hear it? Listen. Well, it's ringing, trust me. Let's please end by going back to the beginning, please, the question of the day. Do you believe the government exists to serve the people, or do you believe the people exist to serve the government? Folks, I had a grandfather who fought and was willing to die for the idea of liberty. All those founding fathers I may seem to be so hard on, every signature on the Declaration of Independence says, quote, my liberty is more important than my life, close quote, because if they had lost that war, all of those signatories would have hanged. Have you thought about that recently? The courage that took? And no, the idea of liberty had not matured to include enumerating individual rights, yet we were just discovering what it was like to not be an indentured servitude. But it was the idea of liberty that these folks, our founding fathers, were willing to die for. Liberty the Republicans just gave away because their religion tells them that one unborn life is worth giving up our liberty for. Liberty is clearly not something modern Republicans would die for, is it? Really? Well, you know, turns out it was in my family. In my family, you do not have the right to tell my wife what to do. I don't care what your religion says. You don't want an abortion? Don't get one. But in the USA, my family fought for the rules of your religion 
do not apply to my family. In my family, abortions are an occasionally necessary part of women's health care, one of the life and death decisions we all have to make for ourselves and our loved ones in life. And it's none of your dang business. It is in the same category as unplugging a ventilator. In my family, we are free to make those decisions for ourselves. Do you get that I'm kind of proud to be directly descended from one of the original fighters for liberty in this country? And that is not to say anybody should be actually fighting. Now, no, this is a call to awareness, folks, not a call to arms. These right-wing religious fanatics have just ended the era of being able to say it's a free country. Now it's a fascist country. There is an election this fall, folks, where there is a clear choice. No shades of gray here this time around. Regardless of your feelings about the Democratic Party, what is fully clear is that a vote for Republicans is a vote for fascism. You know, oh hoodwinked patriots, that some of your grandfathers fought and died for the idea of liberty, too. You really think this is what they died for so the greed, cruelty, and ugliness team could systematically take our freedoms away in the name of religion? Do you really want less freedom? Or do you want to hold on to the freedoms you have left? Next episode, we'll look at the Powell Memo, A Conspiracy Fact, in which we will examine the 50-year plan for a conservative takeover of the government, which has produced a fascist court and set us freedom lovers back about 10 giant steps. Please hang in there, folks. Keep spreading the word. We cannot let the greed, cruelty, and ugliness team win this round. The Compassion, Love, and Beauty team is recruiting. All you got to do to join is spread this word around and make compassion your go-to answer. Till next time, this is an old guy who knows shit. Signing off.